This is the Westlake Nation Podcast. Powered by the Westlake Shack Club. At the 20, 10, 5, touchdown! And he is into the end zone. Oh man, what a catch here! Touchdown, Westlake! And brought to you by Independence Title. Appliances Now. St. David's South Austin Medical Center. Hat Creek Burger Company. Overt Auto Group. Our Way Appliances. Restore Hyper Wellness. And now, here's the latest episode of Three and Out with Tony Salazar. Well, Coach, as you look across the five games, obviously having the bye week coming back, the big win over Lake Travis, and then taking care of business for homecoming. And you painted a picture on Tuesday at Three and Out Club that I thought was pretty interesting. When you step back and take a look at it, we have a bye week where all of the outside noise around Westlake and Lake Travis could affect the ball club. Then you come back for homecoming, which for the active players is not actually homecoming. They're already home, like we've talked about in years past. The pomp, the circumstance, all of the things that go into it. And then you've got a short week ahead of probably one of the more distracting weekends, not just for you, but for most high school football coaches and and really teachers in the greater Austin areas the week before ACL. What have you told the team about their opportunity to play a little bit early? You know, we kind of looked at it from, uh, you know, the big picture of, of our season and kind of how where this game falls. As we look at it uh, through the years, we've kind of learned that, uh, you know, having Thursday night games aren't all that bad. You know, it really kind of gives us an extra day off on the weekend. It gives our kids an extra day of rest on Saturday uh, when they're up here lifting weights and running. I know it's not that much, but it is when you take that toll on your body on the night before. So uh, we like giving our kids that Saturday off. It gives them the opportunity to, to be a kid, you know, and to enjoy high school. You know, sometimes you get into this and obviously being fortunate to play so many games in so many weeks, you have to step back and find times here or there where, you can give the, the kids opportunities to be like the rest of their classmates. And I think that's very important in keeping them mentally sharp and focused on, on a long grind of a season. That's the whole intent to throw it out to, for these boys, to let them know, hey, we got four days of great work this week, Monday through Thursday. Let's have great practices. Let's have meaningful practices, purposeful practices. Uh, let's go out there and, and get a victory on Thursday. And then we can turn our attention to the outside noise and the opportunities these kids have to be fortunate to live right here and on the doorsteps of ACL and and obviously everybody going uh, to Dallas for the, the Texas OU weekend. I think it's uh, beneficial for us. And obviously our school is out. Uh, years past, we've kind of found a way to entertain the kids throughout the day. And, and believe me, we enjoy that time with our kids and the fellowship. But we like the game to get here, the focus to be there 100%. And then go out there and hopefully, um, you know, get the result we want. I think the biggest thing that I hear you saying, Coach, is that you're, you're a fan of the routine and a fan of the grind. That routine doesn't change. You lose a day of prep, but that, that routine does not change with playing on Thursday. There's one thing about being a kid, but we have this whole concept of payday that you have implemented here in, in your second year. And you had it last year, and of course it was here in the previous regime. But in the end, Coach, what I think it's really manifested into is sometimes it's it's hard to explain to a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid what return on investment really truly means. But when you have a, a goal that benefits literally everybody – having a Friday off, being able to go to ACL, being able to be that high school student that they're not able to be all the time, not having to worry about all the time management that goes into it. Taking that stress away is such a big, big deal, but it's wrapped up in incentive. That would make me, you know, just the normal human being, get up and go to practice with an extra pep in the step. And it's just, once again, an an example of how you and the staff really are able to drive them to a common goal. It's incentive-based, but that incentive comes with a price. Our kids are so smart, and obviously I think being open and honest and laying on the table all the variables of the weekly schedule and what it looks like and how we can balance, obviously, work and fun. And I think 
our kids are smart enough to understand it as opposed to not addressing it, not saying anything about it. And in the background, you hear noise about what you're doing, what the plans are for this weekend, what the plans are for Saturday. What If we can just all together come together to acknowledge the elephant in the room, so here's what it is. We've, unfortunately, at our time here at Westlake, we've had teams early on in our time here that, that let the distractions of this week get in our way. Obviously, we get to dig back into that, you know, that, that trunk right there and pull out that old, you know, that bad jacket that we wore that week of, of worrying about other things except for football. Uh, we didn't play our best. We have that in our back pocket to show our kids and say, here it is. Do we want to be that way? Because we've seen it happen. Let's not be that way. And I think our kids are smart enough to understand that. Well, it was interesting in hearing from Ty Ingramizer, one of your senior captains last week, about talking about just how important it is to hold each other accountable. And you can't hold each other accountable if you're not doing the same thing over and over and over again and keeping the schedule the same and keeping the routine the same. And one thing that, that I singled out from that conversation with Ty was, you know, it's one thing to hear it from a coach. It is quite another to hear it from a teammate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it goes into that that idea of being an encourager versus a discourager. This week, I think you have probably some leadership from top to bottom that says, hey, I need to encourage you to prepare the same way we prepared for Del Valley, Lake Travis, and all the games that came before it. We might have as much time, but we've got to prepare the same way. What's the captain's messages, and, and what are you talking to them about this week? Yeah, I think it's just been just what you said. Uh, we just got done with the practice out there, our Wednesday practice, and uh, that was the sharper Wednesdays we've had this year. A lot of it's simply with communication. Like you said, just being vocal and verbal, communicating You know what, what sets are coming next, what the anticipation is, emotions. Uh, our office line communicating about what front front it is we see, what the back end coverage is, everybody being locked into what obviously our task is each and every single play. And, and, our, and our captains have done a great job and our seniors have done a great job of understanding that. And, you know, I feel like when you give them some ownership into it and, and let them understand, you know, the reasonings behind and the importance of the preparation and that uh, we can't waste a day uh, when we have a short week. They've taken that to heart, and they've really, really prepared three days' worth of practice into two on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, I feel better, obviously, going into Wednesday afternoon, the day before a game, uh, after that practice because of the leadership I saw out there today. As we move on to Anderson, Coach, last year, 59 catches, 1,125 yards, averaging just over 19 yards a catch, 14 touchdowns. Against Westlake, four catches, 189 yards, and two touchdowns, including a big 83-yarder. Ed Small is the guy that – we talked about last year. We talked about him during baseball season. We talk about him again this year. And what's more interesting now is as many touchdowns and catches as he had last year to earn the newcomer of the year on offense in District 26-6A. He comes back into the, in the game this year with even gaudier stats. 48 catches through six games seems just mind-boggling, but 14 touchdowns is equally mind-boggling. And I think you made the point on Tuesday to the community that was actually very, very sound. This is not a team that is indicative of their record. They might have lost three games, but this is a team that can come in offensively and create problems. We saw it in the first half last year. This is a team that can put up points and put up points in a hurry. That big first half they had against us last year, we've taken that as motivation, obviously, to see exactly what not to do. And obviously, we saw how they did it to us. And, you know, and our kids also realized that, uh, you know, there was an opportunity to make a play and he made it and we didn't. Uh, it wasn't a schematic thing where he was wide open and we didn't know how to cover him or we busted in the coverage and assignment. It was simply most of those plays were scramble drill, quarterback keeping the play alive, launching it 50 yards down the field. And he went up and, you know, and out jumped our players and made a play on the ball. And, and a couple of those, he continued to run with it after he did that. So hats off to him. Obviously, he did an outstanding job last uh, last year against us. But hopefully, and if I'm a betting man, what it did is it's fueled our kids' fire a little bit. And it's really got our attention this week to make sure that doesn't happen again. 
obviously there's great players all across the state and in this district and their games along the way where, where they have great players and great coaches too that, uh, you know, a player or two might show out and have a great game against us. And he obviously did that last year in the first half and we went back inside, made some adjustments, came back out and really shut them down in the second half. And so we're going to take some of what we did the second half last year, be more cognizant and aware of where, where he's at at all times. Um, they do a good job, obviously, using them as decoy times too. So you can't just be tunnel vision on 18 the whole football game. They go to the players that, uh, are very well capable of scoring points and making big plays. And um, we just got to continue to mix up our coverages and, and be more aggressive at the point of attack this year. Brady Gephardt is another athlete. And I think you said something earlier this week that kind of held true to me. It's like when you take a look at Caden Leone and Brady Gephardt, you kind of have the same guy. Physical attributes and overall speed. Moving him from receiver to quarterback seems to have done well for the Anderson Trojans thus far. Again, not the biggest guy, but certainly a guy you got to keep an eye on. Yeah, he does a great job of distributing the football, and obviously his legs are a big, big weapon of his. Uh, very mobile quarterback. They, they do a good job moving out of the pocket, spraying out his bootlegs. When when things are covered or things are chaotic, he uses his legs to get out of trouble. And so uh, that's going to be a big task to, to corral him, keep him in the pocket, throws the ball from a bunch of different arm angles, and he gets the ball out to his receivers, you know, a lot of times fast. So it's hard to pressure a guy like that when they get rid of the football so fast because now you're kind of tackling in space with limited numbers. And so it's got to be a good balance of us getting them in a in a passing situ- obvious passing situation where we can bring some pressure and hope he checks it down quick and then rally and tackle and get him to punt it. Or, like I said, in last year, our biggest troubles were the scramble drill with the quarterback extending the play. And then, obviously, the receivers do a great job of peeling off the routes and, and finding open spaces and open voids and he does a good job as a wide screamer, keeping his eyes down the field. So he's a tremendous little ball, ball player. And, you know, we're going to try to be physical with him early on in this football game and see if we can't uh, discourage him from running with that football too much. One thing that's very noticeable is, if, if anything, the size of Anderson's defensive front, especially the two men up front and their three-man look. You've got Jack Middleton on the end and Zane Cook in the middle, two guys that are north of six feet, that are north of 230 pounds and, and really look like a premier defensive line in District 26-6A. Uh, it's not to take anything away from anybody else in the district that you'll face down the road, but in the end, this is an athletic, healthy, and active defensive line. Yeah, I think it all starts there, just like it does on our defense. You know, it uh, starts up front with the defensive line. They've got two really, really good-looking defensive uh, linemen and those two defensive ends, 93 and 91. Uh, both those guys get off the ball at a good rate. They both, um, you know, are in the backfield quite often for, for people and cause some, some, some disruption back there. So uh, there's no doubt that's where the strength of their defense starts. Uh, you kind of see some some linebackers behind that are growing every week. You know, they haven't had a 20-tackle game, kind of like some linebackers have had in years past, but they're getting to the ball in the space they need to be a little better. You can see that with the experience they're gaining. And then, obviously, in the back end, they, they're kind of dotting the field with a bunch of different bodies and, and taking away some of the passing lanes. And uh, just like we do every week, we got we start with the run and, and try to be physical on perimeter and, and try to get them to obviously crawl in the box and, and commit to the run and then open up some windows in the back end where they've had issues coach you can kind of look at it over the course of the three losses and really you know it's, it's funny what we talk about you remember the loss more than you'll remember the win sure. you focus on those things to try to get better and you know looking at anderson's losses this year they've had the issues with stopping the run and i think the big number that we all look at for a game that's way down the road is how in the world did Johnson run for 491 yards? And and that's a game that you can put on tape and say, here's what Johnson did, and this is why they were successful doing it. I don't think that's indicative of, of Anderson's, quote, troubles this year coming into this game. Where they've struggled is giving up big run plays, where they have those guys that, that get to the second level and they, and they head to the house. And mm-hmm. I think with a guy like Jack, with a guy like Nate, you know, you have the opportunity to break some big plays in the run game. 
Yeah, we hope so. Obviously, it's the goal number one every single week is get the ball to those guys, let our offensive line be physical, and then block downfield with our receivers and try to turn those five, eight-yard runs into, you know, 15, 25-yard runs. And I think this week there's going to be some of those opportunities. And, and uh, we can't be a one-dimensional offense, and we continue to evolve our passing game every single week. And there'll be opportunities this week for us to continue to do that as well. I want to take you back to the Lake Travis game because it does kind of give you a glimpse of the Anderson game. Obviously, we're not skipping over the Del Valley game, but you had a lot of opportunity in Del Valley to build the depth that you've always talked about doing. Starters take care of business so we can get better as a football team as a whole. I think that was a, a an equation that worked well. I talked to Ty Ingramizer about it. There was a moment in that opening drive for Lake Travis after Westlake scored where there was a hurry-up opportunity. After a 10-yard gain, they went right back to the, the quick screen to Sam Self. And I talk about Denham Collins' recognition on that play and the, the play he ended up blowing up. Ty said, when that happened, we took a giant deep breath because we knew everything was good. At that point, it was that play in that moment, the recognition, all of that had to come from the amount of film work and amount of preparation mentally that Denim had put into it. It was really a microcosm for me, and I wanted to get your thoughts experiencing on the sideline in that moment. It's always tough, especially in a big ball game. You know, you got to, the juices flowing, and it's uh, butterflies, and you're nervous, and you want to make play, but you don't want to make a mistake. That's, that's why we play this great game, and that's the feeling we, we want to have in these big ball games. And so we don't get the luxury every single week, Joe, of um, seeing the exact same thing we see on tape on the first couple of drives of the game every single week. They know that our kids are going to study the tape. They know if they continue to run the same things over and over that they've been doing, our kids ultimately get a beat on it and anticipate and make plays. They ultimately come in with you know new formations, new defenses, uh, things that we haven't seen. And so early on in the game, it's 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 a little hectic for our guys on defense to recognize the, the new scheme and the new presentation that we're getting from from an offense or from a defense. And so once we kind of feel like we can weather we weather that storm, and our kids do realize that once it starts to pattern out to them what the new stuff is, and they tie it connected to the old stuff that we've been working, we settle in and we play so much better. That play was one of those examples of a tempo play that. You know, they'd run throughout the year. They got they made a big play, got on the ball, ready to run another play, and they only had about two or three options as to what it could be, and Denham recognized it, anticipated it, and made a play. And, and like you said, I think it, from there, those boys start realizing, all right, we got it. It's the same offense we've repaired on. It may look a little different here to start the game, but it's going to all pattern out and get back to the fundamentals. And I say that with Denham because he's got a unique challenge this week. And it leads me to have that conversation that we have every single week. You're not going to have a healthy football team over the course of a, what hopes to be a 16-game season. Denim, along with a bunch of other guys, battling through some stuff. But it's these unique challenges that I take into practice with you. Because some of the times, you know, the guys that, that put on the other team's jersey in practice that have to simulate guys who are just some of the best players in the district, might, might be some of the best players in Central Texas, they have to do things that nobody else can really do, which is prepare for both teams. And it gives me that opportunity to say, okay, how was the competition in practice specifically with Denim with a huge assignment on what might be one of the better wide receivers in the league? Number one is, is trying to find somebody to match that speed and, and try to give you that look. And Weston Casey, one of our backup receivers, came over this week and, and, and unselfishly went from kind of learning the offense, getting reps with the you know, second team offense here or there, and, and kind of being part of the game plan on offense to coming over to help us run a tag team this week and to be 18 in practice. And I can honestly tell you that Monday afternoon was one of the best practices we've had this year. The speed of it was, was like a playoff practice. When you live it here at Westlake High School, there is a difference in a regular season practice and a playoff practice. And that's as close as we've come to it yet. And, and I think it was all started with our tag team receivers that came out and, and gave us an outstanding looking practice 
and not to say that Ed Small is, is slow, but uh, I tell you what, uh, Weston Casey's a fast, fast little human. So he, he gave us a great opportunity to, to get as fast that look as we're going to get on Friday night. Uh, so I feel good that we haven't just been lollipopping through practice and kind of jogging through routes. And, and we've had to work. I mean, I saw our kids having, we had to slow down practice at times because they ran 40-yard routes and, and we're lining up running another play. And they're dog tired because it was a sprint. And Weston Casey made those guys work. Hats off to Weston and our tag team receivers this week. They came to work this week and really bought in. And I think you go over to their defense. Same thing, our guys on the tag team over there. It's a, it's an odd defense. You know, it's not normal as a, some of the base defense we may see throughout a year. So they're having to learn watch film on Anderson's defense, you know, and uh, on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday to, to give us the exact same look that uh, we're hoping to get, you know, uh, on Thursday night. Uh, I will say that uh, this week, part of our whole team stepping up with the urgency of, of a short week. Our tag team's really, really stood up this week, and I'm very, very proud of those guys. Coach, as always, thanks for the time and good luck. You got it. Thank you, Joe. You've been listening to the Westlake Nation podcast. Stay tuned as we bring you new episodes each week. The Westlake Nation podcast is powered by the Westlake Shaft Club and part of the Westlake Nation Media Network. This is Westlake Nation.